Hello and welcome to the Five Sound Mixtape. We discuss a new mix each and every week. My name is Michael. I used 23andMe as a dating website. Now I got a goofy looking child. <laughs> now I'm RJ. All right. You find some more gingers? Yeah, not, you know, I, I didn't know what it was, <laughs> but I do like a gal with red hair. <laughs> Can two gingers make a right? In my experience, no. <laughs> I mean, pre-Roe v. Wade, we would have had some crazy things running around. I don't know if I've ever seen a double ginger baby. Oh, those gotta exist somewhere. Well, they're so pale, I think they just disappear. (laughs) (laughs) They live in the shadows. Yeah, I did find out that I have somebody related to me that's like forty percent black. So I think I could say it now, right? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Is that how that works? Again, you can always say it. Saying it is not the issue. It's That's just true. <laughs> Getting punched the is the aftermath. issue. <laughs> You're right. <sighs> I wish we could just live in a happy world. Nobody gets punched for it. <laughs> RJ, do you ever think about like a job that you'd be extra happy at? Um, like just a career or job where you're just like, I'm pretty sure that would make me the happiest person in the world. Yeah, like not even your dream job necessarily. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I heard this explained also. There, uh, somebody knew a guy that like was really good at working on cars, and he would restore cars beautifully. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like talking to him. He's like, "Why don't you just do this for your job? Like you're an IT guy." He's like, "I don't want to turn my hobby or my passion into my career. Oh yeah, like, this is my hobby. Yeah. So like, it doesn't even have to be a job like photography. You know? I pick photography. I yeah. enjoy that." Yeah, if you were a full-time photographer. Oh, that would that, be that would be nice. That's that's ideal for RJ. I mean, you could just do that though. Just that's be like, like no more milkman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry milkman. You no, he just else. delivers you individual thing. chocolate milks. <laughs> the first thing that happens to you is no yeah. more milkman. Not <laughs> yes. a loss of income. No. Yeah. Not <laughs> health yeah. benefits. Wait, where does everybody get their chocolate milk from? He just has one shoot every two months. He's like, but there's no milk, man. <laughs> I feel better. <laughs> My life is complete. Yeah. I think for me, honestly, it might be a hibachi chef. I think I'd be Ooh, pretty happy. That's a good answer. Because I have my tattoos. I have yep. my long hair. I could probably wear a bandana. Mm-hmm. I, I could do an accent, maybe. I yep. don't know. I don't no, know what the to. rules are as a hibachi chef. <laughs> okay. Have you seen that episode of The League? Oh, yeah, where he's a sushi chef. Yeah, with a Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mushy mushy. It's like, you're a white guy making sushi? Hi. Huh? <laughs> Hi. I think I'd be happy. Just being, yeah. uh, just flicking meat into people's mouth, making oh, volcanoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd be volcanoes? Hell yeah. Yeah, because you don't need to, like, you can interact. Like, you're a showman, but you're not like, having to like have conversations with people you know yeah yeah i think, I think i'd be a happy dr- hibachi chef my dream job would be owning a self-wash car wash where you just collect change yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i could like clean it up every once in a while with the tools that are already there <laughs> just add more liquid mm-hmm. that's about it yeah that's all i gotta do I can hang out there, too, but nobody knows I'm the owner. I'm just the guy that hangs out at the self-wash car wash. Let's own that and a laundromat. I don't, I don't fuck with laundromats. No. That's weird. 
Yeah, and there's a lot, there's got to be a lot of startup cost to those uh, big machines with a with a, a power washer. That's a I mean, easy startup cost. <laughs> yeah, that's easy. Those dryers and I don't know, like a laundromat where you have to like like a fine laundromat where you like press clothes and shit. No, no, that's insane. Like yeah. I've done electrical work in some of those places, and I'm walking around like it's always some like older Asian dude that has his older Asian dude electrician friend wire the shit up, and it's always wonky. Hmm. And the, like it's. I, there's tons of machines in there. I don't even know what they do. And half of them look like a, a, it looks like a panini press for a person. Like it's a human shaped thing for, I guess, ironing shirts. I'm like, okay, yeah. like, this is all <laughs> over my head. I don't want to use this machine. There's too many buttons. Yeah. It looks and, scary. And uh, a quick quack. You have to have like personnel and stuff. RJ. Yeah. We just want a power washer. Yeah. I just want some yeah. land. And a brick building <laughs> with like five bays, no more than five bays. Yeah, and you just show up there and wash your own we've damn got car. Katrina, we've got Jessica, mm-hmm. we've got Rachel. Those yeah, are the bays. All my bays. <laughs> Forget about Tina and and Shaniqua. <laughs> so we, we've moved into a brothel. That's what we've moved into. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's I. I forgot to say I would be using this for money laundering purposes. <laughs> yes, of course. I that's, already got that. Yeah, that's the idea. That's supposedly the whole thing in uh, Arizona. So, like, Arizona, there's, like, a ton of car washes everywhere. And supposedly it's when a lot of the mob members move down there, they open up a bunch of car washes to yeah. launder money. Yeah. It's the best way to do it. Cash-only businesses. Yeah. I mean, you can even do it with credit card transactions. and Just fudge the books a little bit, you know? Basically, I just want to do something illegal. You know, if I could be, I, I think I'd be a pretty good drug dealer if I could, like, hire people that didn't do drugs to sell the drugs for me. You know? Like, I don't want to go out and, like, drop off drugs and, like, people text me at, like, 2 in the morning. Like, I just want to get the drugs, make the deal, and then go out and, like, like you know, like in weeds, like, you know, here's, like, 10 pounds of Coke. Like, you owe me... $500,000 for this, so go sell it. <laughs> you take whatever you make. You cut it up. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I like that. Did, is there fireworks stands in Sacramento anymore, or did they get rid of those? Yeah, they got them. They still got them? Yeah, they're dumb, though. Seems like a weird business, they too. just opened up, like, yesterday. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, they can only open... I think they stay open one day after the 4th of July, or maybe... No, usually the July 4th, they just close it. Close like, up. Yeah. It's the dumbest thing. Yeah. It's like, just sell them all year round. Or just doing? don't sell them. Or just, just get don't rid of sell fireworks. them. Why do we yeah. need fireworks? I no, don't we understand don't. It. It's a waste of fucking money. They're fun as shit. But, like, I want the real ones. Oh, yeah. Like, they're you candles. You know, I got a real one in the garage. I might light that fucker off this weekend. Is yeah. that a piece of dynamite? Yeah, it's dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bundle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got Fuck a little it. box that says TNT on it. Yeah. yeah. I got a whole thing of nitroglycerin. <laughs> uh, I've been rewatching Westworld, and they had the whole thing with like they, where they found nitroglycerin, and the guy put it in a shot glass and then shot it out of the guy's hand and it exploded. And I was like, I have no fucking idea how nitroglycerin works. My only understanding is from Roadrunner cartoons. <laughs> yeah. Just got to listen to the Bush song, Glycerin. Glycerin. I don't think that's the same kind of glycerin. Natural glycerin. <laughs> yeah. 
put it in a shark glass in your hand. <laughs> it blows up, then you're dead. Um, All right, so today is episode 102 of the podcast. Speaking of Westworld. This is uh, my mix, uh, simply titled My New American Heartbreak um, from a little, little, I don't know how tall he is, but he's a man. I'm going to say 5'8". Yeah, <laughs> he's a man with somewhat of a mustache. <laughs> yep, southern mustache, a southern stash, yeah. much like, like Shane Gillis. Carol- yeah, it's like a Carolina stash, <laughs> not a Texas stash. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I stumbled upon this uh, fine young man recently. Uh, fell in love with his uh, songwriting capability, so I thought we'd do a mix on him. Um, now the title of the mix is pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. He has a new album called American Heartbreak. Um, but I did, I, so when I say my new American Heartbreak, what does that mean to you guys? Well, I don't want to say that you're putting him above Orville Peck, Mm. but I want to think that there's something in there about your disillusionment with country music in general and you coming to terms with the fact that you love it. That I'm a country boy. You're a country boy. Yeah. Can't leave it behind. You can move all around all the country, but can't leave the country behind. Uh, RJ, do you have any guess? Uh, he's 6'1". Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> this Navy man, he's a big Navy man. Yeah, okay. <laughs> with a tiny little mustache. Yeah. Um, I think it's basically, it's like, you know, you know, sometimes we have those albums that we listen to. They'd be like, I just feel like crying. I need a little tear jer- jerker. Uh, th- this is Mike's new heartbreak. This is his, like, you know, this is what I'm going to listen to. Just to, this, instead of the sad girl, you know, winter, this is my mm. sad guy. Okay. Sure. Sad guy summer. Sad guy summer. Woo woo. Hike those shorts up. It's a sad guy summer. Well, to me, it's. Uh, some of his songwriting and some of his songs, to me, feel like... Wait. It, uh, Tom Petty? Nope. <laughs> okay. I was just... I had a flash of the heartbreakers. No, like, no, to me, could feel like it could be on a Scrubs episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, the yeah. My New American yeah. is much like Scrubs titling episodes. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I know. I like that. <laughs> like, My American Girl. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay. He liked it so good he clapped. I did clap. Did you hear everyone? <laughs> I was twerking. Those my ass cheeks. <laughs> yeah. I got real excited. It's getting weird here in the yeah. studio. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I would do if I saw someone in real life clap their cheeks that loud. <laughs> Where it's audibly just being like, holy shit. <laughs> we had a large friend that did it. No, no, not, not even like, just like clap, clap, clap. Just one. Yeah. <laughs> just one. <laughs> Single clap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that was um, a good one. But yeah, so this mix is all about Mr. Zachary Lane Bryant. Um, Lane so, Bryant. And <laughs> in fat lady clothes. Uh, so Devin had a little bit of an experience with this uh, young man before going into this mix, which I watched that video, and he is in perk heaven. Or perk right? devil. Perk devil, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. He is. He is. He yeah. is summoning something. Something's going on. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but RJ, what was uh, some of your thoughts going into this mix? Uh, I mean, before listening to it, I was just kind of like, uh, you guys, you guys compared him to uh, Dustin Kensrue. And I was intrigued with just that statement in general. I'm like, all right, I want to see what he could do um, because I am a big Dustin fan and just like Thrice and everything like that. So I was very intrigued of like what we're getting into, especially you did say that I think the first song is the last song. Yeah. So you're like, I'm opening it with that. And I was like, ooh, that's a big step. Big so step. I was intrigued of big where step. we were going with that. Yeah. I recently heard, and I don't know if it's true because I haven't read anything about it, but Dustin Kensrue left uh the church and like religion in general and also thrice's drummer has like a q and on q on his drum set <laughs> and i'm so fascinated by this new album now <laughs> that's funny uh, yeah the the under earth guys they left christianity too right did they i, I heard something so. about that i thought they just disassociated themselves with christian music oh, yeah that might have been okay, it maybe. and said like they're like we're still you know, some of us are Christian, but we're just making music now, hmm. which is a weird thing because it's like, I don't think you were making Christian music before. They made a Christian song, though, uh, yeah. on um, They're Only Chasing Safety on that album. The last song on it is a Christian worship song, if I've ever heard one. Yeah. 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 That's a good song. Though. Yeah. Um, but all right, so Zachary Lane, Brian, let's get into him. He was born in 1996, this young man. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, a whippersnapper. American singer-songwriter. Uh, I think that he was born in Japan. I think his dad was in the Navy, but Oklahoma's oh. his home. Oh. Oh, uh, Brian started uploading his music to YouTube in 2017 with his friends recording him perform using his iPhone. Uh, one of his songs, Heading South, eventually went viral, which is the song that Devin had uh, yeah. watched and sent to myself and RJ. Yeah. I don't know if RJ, RJ, did you watch that video? Yeah, Devin showed me. I think I made him watch it after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his debut studio album, Deanne, was dedicated to his late mother and was released in 2019. It was written in two months and recorded with his friends in Florida. Oh, I didn't guess favorite song or least favorite song. Oh, yeah. Totally forgot to do that. Um, all right. So for uh, D-Dog, uh, we're going to go with uh, your favorite song is three. And your least favorite, if you have to choose one, is Five. Okay. Okay. RJ, your favorite song is four, and your least favorite, if you have to choose one, is one. Okay. Four, four and, and one. one. Yeah. I just made that up on the spot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling an old RJ. That's a good thing. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this album, Deanne, was written in two months and recorded with his friends uh, in a Florida Airbnb. Uh, a second album, Elizabeth, was released in 2020. This album was recorded in a repurposed barn behind his home in Washington. Um, and 20, April 10th, 2021, Brian made his grand old Opry debut. Uh, he later signed a deal with Warner Records to release his music. That's uh, crazy. October 2021, Brian announced that he was honorably discharged by the U.S. Navy after eight years of service to pursue his career in music just ahead of his nationwide uh, tour. 
Ain't For Tamen tour. Uh, and then January 2022, Brian announced that he would be re-releasing or that he would be releasing his major label debut, a triple album entitled American Heartbreak on May 20th, 2022. It debuted at number five on the U.S. Billboard 200. Holy fuck! A triple album. Now, for those who are unfamiliar with the concepts of triple albums, I've always known them as being like the mark of the devil, which is they never work. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, fuck, name one triple album that has worked they, like, they never do like i remember the early november came out with that triple album yeah and it fucking sucked yeah like it's just it's too much music <laughs> yes yeah you can't do that like there's a oh, fuck i forgot the name of the band but they released an album called 52 weeks and it was an interesting concept but it was 52 songs and they wrote one song per week and put it on the album <laughs> That being said, there are some really fucking good songs on there. Sure. But 52 <laughs> is a lot of songs. So you're yeah. going to have some stinkers. Yeah. <laughs> to make a solid double album, that's hard. Like the White Album, yeah. making something like that, that's really hard to do. Yeah. Just I think that. Kamasi Washington's was a double album. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. It was, it's long. It's long. Yeah. It's jazz. It's jazz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So for him to do this as his debut studio album with Warner is uh, pretty <laughs> interesting. <That's> bold. <laughs> pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty bold. Um, but all right. So American Heartbreak, it's his, technically his third album uh, through Belting Bronco and Warner Records. Um, the album was preceded by six singles including Brian's most successful single to date, Something in the Orange, which reached number 37 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Damn. Yeah. Hot 100, too, not just country charts. No, that's for everything. Wow. That's so funny that he's like, yeah, I'll release six singles for most people. That's their <laughs> entire catalog these yeah. days. <laughs> yeah. That's like the best Drake album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Drake, doesn't he just release trailers of a single <laughs> before he releases an album? This is kind of what it's going to sound like for like maybe like 25 minutes. <laughs> uh, Brian explained that the album explores the past five years of his life, further calling it his effort at trying to explain what being a 26-year-old man in America is like. Uh, there's love, loss, revelry, resentment, and forgiveness all wrapped into one piece of work. Uh, the Tennessean wrote that the album ranges from demo-like ruminations to full-fledged Heartland rock anthems, as well as an untamed relentlessness and blurry-eyed angst. That is a great description of this album. Yep. Full-fledged Heartland rock anthems. That is, yeah. yeah. And mix of, you know, stripped-down demos strewn yeah. throughout and blurry eyed angst that's the perks uh, yep that's them perks <laughs> i don't know about them perks uh and then this is a this is a thing that i saw it's from uh vinyl me please <laughs> I, I used to subscribe to them oh really okay yeah they're a vinyl subscription service you just get a random album every month 
so fucking cool. I liked what they said here. It says, uh, the best Zach Bryan songs are messy, not just in their sound, which is often pared down to an acoustic guitar that sounds weathered, maybe some fiddle and some backing vocals, but in the margins of their characters. Uh, the people Brian sings about on his major label debut, American Heartbreak, are struggling to pay the bills, drinking to forget an ex, chasing highs right off cliffs, and above all, are just trying to make it from one day to the next. In every song, there always seems to be some looming happiness or disaster. This is not mainstream country about nights at football games, on the river, or in the sunshine. This is country music about the everyday struggle of just putting on your shoes and seeing what happens next. Fuck yes. So I loved that description because when you look at the origins of country music and folk, yeah, I know that country music has this thing where it pertains mostly to white people, right? Like that's yeah. just the big stigma behind it. I would say the style of songwriting of country music back then, not modern country yeah. music, not country music for the last like 30 years, but back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. And then what this young boy is trying to do is just for the people. Yes. For the people, RJ. Yeah. Well, the people matter. Well, I mean, all the even, people. All well, the people. Like, okay, so back then when country was started, like it was for white people because that music was made by white people. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. You know, the struggles that they talked about in the songs are universal, but we do associate country with white people. Yes. It's been bastardized throughout the 70s and 80s. Uh, I love Dolly Parton, but after her is when it got fucked up. Yeah. After the glam era of country started, it got fucked up, and they strayed away from that. There's this whole new wave of people coming out, and, like, the alt-country scene in the 90s kind of started it, where they started actually talking about real shit, but in, like, a more college rock country kind of way. Mm-hmm. And then started evolving from there, like, drive-by truckers, and even, like, Wilco yeah. is bordering that a little bit. But... I don't feel like it was ever strictly like a white man's music. But even with like, that's what's interesting is like, even with something like a Wilco or a, what's the, uh, what's that Americana band? Um, uh, uh, that, Jason Isbell? No, you had them on a mix. Uh, they were bigger in the nineties into two thousands. Uh, oh, fuck. Uh, I want to say Jeff Tweedy might be in it, but I can't remember. Uh, uh, it's gonna bother me because I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyways, even those bands, there's something about them that like there's still a barrier. You know what I mean? Yes. Like there's like some weird barrier for like some people to like they won't be able to cross the edge because like there's some weird like artistic barrier or it's indie or you mm. know what I mean? Like there's just some weird barrier. The 90s stuff was genre mashing, Mm. and that's the problem with it. And it's been refined throughout the 2000s, and now we're getting Americana music, where we didn't really have Americana music before. But I feel like that is the best definition of the newer stuff that's coming out that is more traditional country without calling it traditional country. Because country has a bad name now. I think it definitely starts with, like, Sturgill, for sure, put him up there. Yeah. But uh, what's that one kid's name that his dad is a – old-timey folk musician and he died for, or the kid died from fentanyl 
Oh, uh, Justin Towns Earl. Yes. He yeah. is like another one of those. Like, yeah. I feel because I didn't, I'd never heard of him until you put him on a mix. And he has a great songwriting. His dad's songwriting is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, again, like he was still, there was something like not for the mainstream. Yeah. There, there's like some weird barrier. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> but that's the thing that makes me like those types of music. Right. You know, is that they're trying to keep the underground underground, mm. but still make something that is palatable in a poppy way. Like you can hear it in public and not be put off by it. Right. You know, but you're not going to go seek it out if you're just listening to Lady Gaga. Right. Yeah. You know, or Toby Keith, you know, like a Toby Keith fan will listen to Justin Towns Earl and be like, this is cool. I want to listen to this driving my truck at night. Yeah, exactly. And uh, forget about it, and then go drink a red solo cup on the river. <laughs> and then that like brings like those things bring a really good point to this kid because if I just saw his name, I would never listen to him. Yep, I would say Zach Bryan, mm-hmm. country musician. <laughs> no <Yeah>. thanks. <laughs> yeah, trying to get me in the Zach Brown band. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> and then on top of that, if you had shown me the wrong song i might not even be that interested in mm, true because again he when when they said in said in here when they said full-fledged heartland rock anthems i he what does that bring to mind hey yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it brings to mind the fucking lumineers and shit like that that have been happening or somebody trying to be springsteen yeah exactly like uh what's that failing. one band uh that's like super popular Gaslight? No. <laughs> There's that, uh, fuck, what's that band? They're very popular and they're on the radio bunch, but they're basically just a Springsteen Tom Petty ripoff. Oh, um, yeah. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but um, yes, that style. But yeah. yeah. And so, like, even with this kid, like, there's so many reasons for me not to, like, listen to him. Yeah. Uh, I just happen to stumble in to the first song that I heard from him is the fourth song on this mix. And I was just like, huh? (laughs) Uh, And it made me take a, uh, a deeper look at him because he is, he is doing the things that have to me, in my opinion, have not been done before, which is he was doing a high level of songwriting and storytelling in pop sensibilities that I have not seen done in country music. I don't know if it has been done. Maybe it has. I've just not seen it. Oh, yes. So. Yes, 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 yes. Little bit of Bruce Springsteen, uh, to be honest. But oh, yeah, in, especially Nebraska, that album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it, there's a little bit of that in there. There's a little bit of that punk rock ethos that I talk about with this Americana-style music mm-hmm. in everything that he does, the way he plays things. Uh, the uh, Not the first song, but the second song, on this mix gets into that playing style a little bit where like on electric, this would sound like a different song, oh, like the yeah. riffs that he plays. It's a very, I don't know if the word is modal, but the way like the way the chords are structured and like the riff is structured. It's like, you could make this into a completely different song by not changing any notes and just changing the instruments that it's played on. Oh yeah. And fucking, you can have track two when we get to it. You can have that song like done a like, fully electric with Carrie Underwood, and it works. And I would yeah. not like it. Yeah, you know what I'm True. saying. True. Like, there's just there. I don't know why he. Maybe it's just the time that we live in today, 
where like I could see someone that like him just being a songwriter for country music, but not yeah. being a main person, not being able to perform the songs himself. Yeah. You know, and for whatever reason, he you can't you can't deny the amount of emotion that he has. Yes. So I'm really glad that Warner recognized that. And I don't know if it's just because of the days that we live in now. Maybe five years ago wouldn't have been this case. And it looks like he's been trying to do it for five years now. And it's just finally everything's coming together. Yeah. I also think Warner isn't as big as they used to be. Mm. Um, and they are trying new things. You know, they're looking at YouTube views and stuff. And he's got a fuck ton of YouTube views on that one song since I listened. I think I listened to him in 2017, like when yeah. that first came out. And it just popped up in my feed. And I was like, this is amazing. And I think you, uh, Warner's really looking into that kind of stuff and trying to, you know, rebrand themselves or just pick up new different artists, which I've noticed with a few labels lately. I see like, you know, like this is being put out by XL Records, and like what them? Like, yeah. doesn't make sense. But well, it, it makes sense for like, especially with a lot of the newer artists that we've been talking about over the months uh, that we've like that are new to us uh, for like the last six months to a year or whatever. Yeah. Now, it's he's big on TikTok, and easy, yeah. Like that's where I got. I don't. It, he was on a TikTok, and I heard Blue, and I was just like, why is why is this song? On yeah. TikTok. <laughs> yeah. And it's very pop. He's really popular on there. And like, I think they refer to them. Uh, I think I read somewhere where they referred to him as a viral songwriter. Hmm. And I'm like, what a weird term to put to a dude. But it makes sense why someone like Warner would be paying attention to TikTokers. Yeah. And to see what they're using and stuff. That's hilarious. I found a band on YouTube that. I it just popped up again and I loved the song and then I was looking at the comments and it, everyone was like who's here from TikTok and it had like 17 million views. Jeez. It's like holy shit like nobody would have heard of this band. It makes me wonder how much like for example this guy how much stock he puts into that. Like mm. how much he thinks about like is this going to do well on TikTok? Oh, because yeah. the listening to the album and even this mix, none of it seems like he's put any <laughs> thought into that. No, and it's just pure happenstance that it's all over TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> so it's it's I don't know. It's a phenomenon to me. Like I don't fully understand TikTok the way I don't understand <laughs> Pinterest. Still, like it's wild. Yeah. Um. All right. So that's a little bit about Zachary Bryan, but let's get into the mix itself. Um, so all these songs are from his triple album, American Heartbreak. I uh, decided to start the mix off with the last song on the mix, or last song on the, the triple album. So this is track 34, 3 minutes and 24 seconds, This Road I Know. Like, I, And I would like to know what your guys, when you turn this mix on for the first time, what was your experience like, RJ? So this song, um, <laughs> I I see what he's doing, and it's very humble. It's very sweet. I, I think he starts it off with like I wrote a poem, and I was like, oh, that's cool, a little poem. Um, and like, I, I didn't know he was going to tell me the poem. I thought he was just <laughs> saying he wrote one. I wrote a poem today. Yeah. Song's done. Yeah. Um, I do like this as a out like the last track on a I get like you know just completing everything. To start it, I was like, it's a little weird. I know you're kind of introducing this guy, like, full of emotion, you know, heartbreak, kind of going into it. 
But I was weirded out by the song a little bit, especially the intro just kind of going into it. I think it's just the context of what he was singing about. Because mm-hmm. I kind of just popped in my head where I'm just like, my lyrics for this poem is, I like popsicles, but I don't like my teeth cold. <laughs> I like yeah. carrots, but I don't like eating things yeah. that are orange. <laughs> I like mom's spaghetti, but I don't like Eminem. So then I those were just like in my head. And I was like, he's just saying, like, I like this, but I don't like this. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I, I see what he's doing, and I like it. But I think the song, just the lyric content didn't, like, suck me in. Into, like, you know. Oh, RJ, you're not a poetry man. No. Yeah, because that's how poetry works. I mean, yeah, Voltaire built a career on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every yeah. man is guilty of the good that he did not do. Yeah, I'm a real slim shady. <laughs> Think about that, that, RJ. Every slim. man is guilty of the good that he did not do. Yeah, thug life. <laughs> okay, on my chest. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I'm like real slim shady. Please stand up. So okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I no, like. No, no. I do like that. The first time you listen to it, or at, at least the first time that you listened to it, you were like, huh. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was like, like "This is." I, I was like, "This is not Dustin Kendrick." What's that, what that boy talking about? And how long is this? How, how long is this going on? And then I was like, "I have to listen to thirty-four tracks of this." <laughs> yeah, but then, yeah. Parts of it kind of do sound like like somebody explaining a dream to you, which oh, is yeah. what it is. Yeah, where there's just like, "And you were there, man, but it wasn't really you." You know, <laughs> it looked like you. Yeah. I knew it was you. Bro. I knew it was you, but it didn't look like you, man. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love. I it. do. I, yeah, because he's like again. It's like, it's it's full on poetry. One mm-hmm. and then two. It also has this like psychedelic high sensibility to it. Yeah. That why on earth is this on your album? Yeah. <laughs> RJ just hasn't been micro. Have you been microdosing lately, RJ? <laughs> no. God, get back on that. Yeah, brown Only hair girl with the brightest smile, RJ. Yeah. That's Levi fine. Jean Queen. Yeah, you can say that. But just like I like jeans, but I don't like jeans. Yeah. Like, Make up your mind. Stop being so. I want to hear your yeah, rewrite of this. That's literally how everyone is, RJ. Yeah, I, no, I'm I the know only you, one that could but I don't decisive. know you. That's yeah. literally how everyone is. Yes, no, RJ. That's what's such your favorite? A powerful statement. I know you, but I don't know you. RJ, what's your favorite song on here? I like that, but I don't like that. It's like no, you just got to yes. pick one. I'm the only one that could be indecisive. <laughs> Damn it, it's Alpha not indecision. Alpha. It's finding more meaning in the same statement. Yeah, it's exactly. Not indecision, RJ. Go. God. So the song was all right. Like you, Words you are like important, my, RJ. Yeah. Like my favorite song is my least favorite song. That holds a lot of power. Yeah. That holds a lot of thought. Hmm. Like what could that mean? There's many things that that can mean. Yeah. I don't know what it don't, means because I just made it up. Yeah, don't leave that to me. You've never <laughs> walked into a strange home before and felt like you were at home? <laughs> oh, just that warm feeling, RJ. Oh. And the cops come and they're like, uh, you need to leave here. You're trespassing. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, why your pants off? Yeah. You're I'm standing there home. with your finger in your home. belly button. <laughs> First time I was arrested. <laughs> Definitely not the last. Uh, Devin, it's your. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> I loved it. Um,. I liked it as an intro. Yeah. When I had this on repeat and it played at the end, I liked it as an outro. Mm-hmm. I didn't like one more. Let's let's try to make this poetic. <laughs> I liked I liked the outro less than the intro. No, that doesn't work. The same. <laughs> and you're it's the same but different. Yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> yeah, but I 
I would have made an exception for this mixtape if you did six songs and bookended it with this first track. Mm, and you yeah. put it at the front and the back because it works in both. And I think even on his album, he could st- he could do the fucking Kendrick thing, you know, where he does the like a little bit of the poem. Like, mm. I remember you was conflicted at the yeah. end of every song and then adds on to it. Or like like I was saying, bookend it with that. And it would still sound awesome. Like reflect, like listening to this at the beginning, and then hearing his music, especially taking the album into consideration and all of the themes of things that happened to him in the album, or that have happened to him in his life, and then hearing that again at the end is so powerful. Like yeah. it reinforces that that first time that you heard it. Mm. So I ended up liking it more and more every time, even though I loved it from the beginning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's not, it it is, it's a song, you know, it's track, but it's not really like a song. It's more like spoken word and whatnot, Mm -hmm. but I loved it as an intro. Yeah. I felt like it set everything up perfectly more so for the album than the content in the mixtape, but it was, it's just because there's so many fucking songs on that album. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 I, I just, I love I love starting like if I'm going to be going somewhere or starting my day off, I like starting with this song. Mm-hmm. There's something about it that just like puts me in a good mood yes. and I'm just like, yeah, it's going to be okay, RJ. Even though it's yeah. not okay, it's going to be okay. It's no, not I okay. Listen, I listen to Eminem and just made myself <laughs> angry. <laughs> no. A lot of times the times are bad, but they aren't really that bad. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's poetry, man. You're scatting over here. <laughs> And then I liked the I liked having it at the beginning because to me you go from this contrast of a high a high intelligence level to write poetic song like this to a song that has it's a single very pop sensibility but if you don't pay attention you can either pay attention to it being a pop song or it could be like what the fuck is in the orange what are you yeah. talking about <laughs> I thought he was talking about chocolate like one of those chocolate oranges. <laughs> I was like, man, that whole thing's chocolate, if you didn't know. It's just, it just looks like an orange. And so the second song on here is Something in the Orange, which is the second song off the album, and it's four minutes and 14 seconds. Uh, Zach Bryan told uh, Today's Country Radio with Kaylee Bannon that he wrote the song in a cabin in Wisconsin. Bryan released two versions of the song, the original version and an alternate mix, which features just his vocals and piano. He had first released snippets of the song via social media, December 2021. Uh, Rolling Stone editors described the song as a heartbreaking single full of the genre's signature soul, stripped down to only an acoustic guitar and harmonica, and having love letter lyrics. Uh, Broadway World describes the song as Brian laying himself bare, willing himself to believe there's a chance of survival for an all-but-doomed relationship. Uh, Brian also released a music video for the song contained crowdsourced footage shot by fans that capture the raw and unfiltered emotion of the song experience. So RJ, going from this like weird high concept poetic first track into this, well, talk to me. Tell me your emotions here. Um, I did like the song a lot better. Um, I, I sense the the more Dustin Kendrew in this type of style, and I was like, all right. So now we're going from that to this, and I was like, it's a little different, but I was like, I see, 
the last song yet again like as a last song to the album as you presented that to us as it's the first one in your mix and i was like i kind of still see what he was kind of trying to do where you have this like dustin kendrew like his powerful lyrics that he does sometimes and his like vocal you know where he sings certain parts like you know uh but then versus like this last one or the first song would be like that's a nice way to sum it all up so i did appreciate the song for that because i was like i see kind of what he's trying to do but yet again, there's probably another 32 songs that I have no clue what he's doing um, yet because I haven't heard the album. Um, but I did like this one. Uh, I mean, it, it's a single. I like my singles. Uh, I like his just the vocal vocal inflictions that he does on it. I like it's a catchy melody to it, uh, and I think it's just awesome with the harmonica and just the acoustic guitar and him singing. Yeah, the harmonica's nice. Uh, isn't it's it? fantastic when it comes in. I was like, ooh, look at you. So it does come through as like a pop song to you. Yes, yeah, so this, is, this is the one that would be a radio version on there. Y'all want a single? Say fuck that. <laughs> uh, I want to know what the oranges are. What is the orange, RJ? I had different ideas of that. Yeah? Because um, he ends it with, please turn those headlights around. Mm-hmm. So I heard that, but then for a little bit I thought, I don't know why, cause I mean, you could interpret it. I don't know why I thought this, but I also thought of Sunset. Um, mm. But then I also, when I first saw the, the title of it, I thought it was something about prison before <laughs> I heard the song. Okay. <laughs> Orange is the new black. Yeah, so that's why I was like, uh, maybe it's something about like being locked up So he something. does say, but I miss you in the mornings when I see the sun. Yeah, something so in like, the orange tells me we're not done. I think... I, I was like, that's why the sunset, but then I heard the, the, you know, the, the taillights... Kind of thing. But so he like, also says there's orange dancing in your eyes from bulb light. Yeah. <laughs> Old, okay. <laughs> Older vehicles had orange headlights mm-hmm. and taillights are traditionally red. Like it might be something like that where he's seeing the taillights leave, but there's something in the orange. Like I want to turn those taillights around. Yeah. Bring back the orange, you know, like you're driving back, like coming back to him. Hmm. That's kind of what I got from it, but that was kind of a stretch. But he did mention it in the song, like orange dancing in your lives from bulb light. Yeah. I don't know. I think that there's like some high concept thing going on where he's attached orange, the color orange to a relationship. And that for some reason he's seen orange as a color and noticed something bad happening in their relationship. I think that hmm. there's like a weird high concept where like he's I, I can't think of like some people it's like like rain or like a specific uh a month like a like a winter or a spring yeah where you can attach like something to a person but just because it comes up in weird ways yeah you know? and I I, th- yeah. I think that there's like some weird high concept that he has of there's the color orange is attached to this person. And whenever there's been like weird things happening in the relationship, that color orange is around. That makes sense with the sunset and the dusk. Like if he's spending his nights with this girl or his his mornings with this girl, like there's something in the orange or something special about those times. And then during the day, you know, it's a different type of relationship. Yeah. So it's like she's getting something different from a relationship than he is. Yeah. You know, yeah, he says, I poison myself again. Something in the orange tells me you're never coming home. Yeah. 
It's like what? chocolate orange. <laughs> Devin's man. two favorite colors, which I realized, you know, just recently, is actually uh, orange and blue. No, uh, it's not. I guess he's been painting the house. Yeah, okay, those. no, but <laughs> blue looks good okay, on okay. those walls. What does it look like from here, Devin? You're orange, and the the wall behind you. I knew you're gonna bring up my fucking <laughs> hair. No, I don't like orange just because I have red hair. Okay, <laughs> I stray away from it. I only eat carrots. And Cheetos. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Devin, what color is our living room? Okay, it's blue. <laughs> okay, what color is our, our the kitchen? kitchen? It's fucking orange. <laughs> the, the house came that way. I'm working on it, okay? <laughs> you know how long it takes to paint a living room? You know how long it takes to paint a kitchen? It takes a little while to paint a kitchen. Well, there is those things where, like, you're, like, Devin could be attracted to something that he doesn't realize how attracted he is to it until someone points it out. Yeah. yeah. No, honestly, like blue nah, he blue the is that. Yeah. yeah. I'm in glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me a lot happier. Like so <laughs> so I got super high and watched this documentary on the Sumerians and they were talking about this stone called lapis lazuli which they used in their like pottery and their artwork and shit and it's this beautiful blue stone. And then I started reading about it. And I was like, I need this fucking rock. <laughs> like, I started looking it up, and it's this like crazy blue color. Um, and it has. And then I started reading stuff about it, and there's like properties to all. Like, if you believe in the Christology stuff, yeah, there's like properties to certain rocks. Mm-hmm. And like this one has like a calming, like anti-anxiety effect to it. And I was like, fuck, maybe that's why I'm. You know, because I'm high strung most of the time. I was like, maybe that's why I'm attracted to this blue color. Yeah, maybe. Which is fucking crazy to think about. But blue in general, I don't give a shit about. Because there's just... that one thing called like uh, synesthesia. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Do you we know what that smell is, colors? RJ? Yeah. Well, but I can do that. <laughs> oh, but, <yeah>. I'm on, <laughs> but I'm usually high. <laughs> schnozberries taste like schnozberries. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Devin, talk to me about something <clears throat> in the orange. I was thinking about the lyrics a lot too of what that could mean, but I felt kind of like what you were saying. It's something deeply personal mm, yeah, that can't be explained kind of the way I was talking about lapis lazuli to you guys. It's like, I can't convey like what that means, but for him that, uh, that color means something whether, and he's associating it with things in the, in our realm that we can associate it with like sunsets and sunrises and the bulb lights, which all leads to like nighttime themes or like themes of the dark, I guess. And then I was just coming back to like, maybe this is like him like thriving in the dark. But Mm. when the light comes out, you know, it's the battle of good and evil type shit. Like when the light comes out, I'm a different person. You're a different person. Like, yeah, for all we know, she could have red hair. Yeah, maybe say that. That's true. It might be as simple as that. Yeah. It might be about me. Well, that she's the light in whatever darkness he has, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like there was a lot going on with it, but I love songs like that where there's like multiple interpretations of it or it's kind of a coded message where it should never be figured out. It's just uh if you whatever it means to you, like there's something in the orange like that could mean something to somebody else completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. Whatever it is, it's powerful to me, and it's still written in like a pop way, which was uh, 
you don't hear that too often. Yeah. And I don't know if it was like an intentional pop song or if it's just something that he kind of like cobbled up because it was one of his earlier songs that he did like on an iPhone on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, interesting that he did this like version of it and put it on the album. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like typically for like a pop sensibility type song, the lyrics are fairly straightforward. They're not to be interpreted. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of what we were talking about with the, the sad girl music the stuff we like is the very specific stuff about like going to a convenience store at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know, like stuff that's specific to their life. And there's line, there's lines in those songs that mean nothing to me, but it's obviously powerful to the person that's singing them. Yeah. And I always respect that. Like I, I get the feeling from that when it's like real, when they're not saying just some random bullshit for the sake of it. Like, I always appreciate that in songs. Mm. So, but this one, yeah, it, it was written like in a very poppy way and something that like a lot of people can relate to, even if they don't think about it deeply. But it, it definitely got me thinking. It's like, what the fuck is the orange? <laughs> yeah. And it's such like an interesting thing. The first time I heard the song, it, it really caught my attention for him as a songwriter to be like, what was the decision to drag out the word orange sometimes? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's such a weird decision to go, oh. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I love it when he does it in his songs. I fucking love it when he just makes these weird decisions that are there, you know? It Well, and it is kind of funny that that's, like, the traditional word that has nothing that rhymes with it. (laughs) And he fits it seamlessly into the song. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like. Poison myself again, something in the orange. Like, yeah. It, it works. <laughs> yeah, now you're making it sound like Bob Dylan, but it's not Bob Dylan. Like, yeah. That's exactly. how Bob Dylan would do something. Yes. Something in the orange. Yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, damn. Yeah. Yeah, I also looked at his older album, because this is called the Z and E version, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, his older album is called Elizabeth. And if you look at that, the songs Anita Part 2 and Elizabeth are blacked out on Spotify. They won't allow you to play them. Like, they've been taken off for copyright reasons. So I'm curious who this E is, but I think the song's about her. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Elizabeth with an S, not a Z. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yeah. Jezebel. Jezebel. (laughs) An Oklahoma Jezebel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But all right, let's move on to track number three here. (laughs) This song is called Billy Stay. It's track 19 on the album, uh, five minutes and 16 seconds. So this song, the first time I heard it, I was just mesmerized. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that he is able to do this melody that I should hate. I should yeah. not like the musicality in this song uh, yeah. at all. Yeah. And then I don't I I don't know if you can look this up anywhere. I don't know where you can find it, but it was literally the very first time that I heard this song. I was just like, is he talking about Alzheimer's? Is he talking about yeah. two people who have been in love for a long time and they are getting old and they're getting dementia and Alzheimer's? Yeah, And I can tell you one of the most powerful lines I think I've ever heard in a song is in this song, which is uh, the line. I want to make sure 
Uh, it's the you don't know your name, but you know mine. Oh, oh my God, <laughs> RJ! We were talking about simple lines that could have multiple meanings, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one of the most interesting lines I've ever heard. But like this, the musicality in the song, I should not like. And then the the lyrics, if again, you could be like, this is just a pop song. Billy, stay, yeah, Billy, stay. If you stay, yeah. Billy, <laughs> stay then, a little while, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But then I'm just I all I can think about is these two old people that have been in love their entire life and they're talking about their grandchildren and the life that they built and they're forgetting who they are and in the process of forgetting who you are you're falling out of love technically right yeah and I was just I just fucking love this song it makes me happy like it puts me in a good mood which I yeah. don't like happy music at all um so RJ talk to me about Billy Stay and have you seen the notebook? <laughs> and did you cry? Be honest. You're under oath. Um, I've seen the notebook. It was did, a tear joker. So you cried. It was a tear joke. Joker. <laughs> no, he jerked off with his tears. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Come on, See, man. We're men here. Oh, sorry. I forgot what a tear jerker meant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> First scene and up, real tear jerker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I listened to this song and it was kind of, I think by the first two songs went through then the third one came on and I kind of was just like, I don't know what I was doing. Probably jerking off. <laughs> Too uh, jerking. So I wasn't paying attention and I was just like, okay, it sounds like a cool song. I have to go back to it. So that was like the first intro I had to it. Uh, I just want to make sure people who are listening know that Art just had two weeks to listen to this mix. Two full <laughs> weeks. <laughs> okay. Good to do. Thanks to the pandemic known as COVID nineteen. <laughs> so then uh, I, I listened to it again and I actually like paid attention to the lyrics and I was like, "Oh, that's a cool. It's a nice little humble song. Um, I do appreciate it because it, it's it's kind of like a different viewpoint of like mm, traditional stuff you hear of like you know somebody died or something like that. This is literally just like somebody as I interpreted it as you did too. Apparently, it's just somebody. That's like, I'm forgetting who you are. And I was like, it's kind of a sad little romantic story. And I was like, I appreciate the way that he portrayed it. It's just like the viewpoints of seeing Billy and just asking him, like, I want him to be here still. I want him to be coherent. I want him to be like, you know, aware of what's going on. But they still talks about stories about like, you know, in the past. And it's just like, it's kind of sad to hear, but it's also very humble. And I do appreciate it. It's a good song. It's a great song. I like the song a lot. It's interesting that you brought up like death in that mm-hmm. because uh, I agree most songs that are like traditionally sad like that revolve around somebody dying. Like the best example of this song, which uh, it's it's going to sound shitty at first, is an atmosphere song called Yesterday. <laughs> shitty, boo, boo, damn but, RJ, I know you know the song Yesterday. Yeah, like that is uh an interesting song when you listen to it and it's a song about death i feel like it's a good powerful yeah, song mike would like that one i mean no he wouldn't just keep on he going. wouldn't like it as a song but like lyrically it's interesting like when you go through it but um the idea of this song not being about death is interesting because it really is about death you're just not losing that physical form of the person you're losing that person's memory of you and it kind of brings into question what is like what is the consciousness compared to physical death yeah and because like, i mean he even says but maybe you're heaven's 1965 yeah which is like 
does that mean that you believe that when we die, we only live in the space that we were the happiest in? Like, yeah. What are you saying? Exactly. <laughs> like, there's so many themes in that. There's so many un, unanswered questions. Like, so much mystery to it, which it, there's so many more emotions in the idea of somebody losing the memory of the life they built with somebody rather than losing their physical form. Mm, yeah. You know, like they're still physically there. You're, you can't mourn them yet. Like that's incredibly sad, but the way that he's singing about it is like, it's upbeat and uplifting and like poetic, like the first song, you know, like very well written. Did you? I don't. I don't know where I saw this. I think it maybe YouTube or Instagram or it's a commercial or something. But it has like these two people at a bus stop, and it's just like younger lady and this old guy. And the old guy like leans over and he's like, "How are you doing today?" And she's like, "I'm okay." And he's like, "You look sad or something." She's like, "Well, I'm, I'm pregnant and gonna have my first child." And he's like, "Oh, you'll be a great mother." And he, she's like, "No, nah, yeah, I'm still nervous about it." And he's like, "Well, like, what about like your, your like a husband?" And be like, "Oh, he like you know something happened. He passed away." Like, "Oh, you got family though that would be with you." She's like, "Yeah, but it, it's complicated." And he's like, "Well, you know what? You seem like a nice person. You have family. I'm sure they'll go out of their way to like to help you." And she's just like, "Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, thank you." And he's like, "Yeah, no problem." And then all of a sudden, the bus pulls up, and she's like, "Come on, Dad, let's go." Okay, and the dad like stands up and he doesn't realize that he's the father of yeah of the daughter. I don't know where I saw this, but I was like, oh, that was a twist. Uh, okay, I've seen this too, but the fact that you're saying that it's a commercial is blowing my mind right now because I don't <laughs> see that being a commercial for anything. <laughs> Clear is eyes. Why, is that a Greyhound commercial? <laughs> I don't know, but it it was on something. I saw it and I was like, ooh, that was a twist. Yeah, I was like, that was sad. Yeah, but it was just like you know, it's like it's complicated, and I was like, I kind of see that in the song where it's just like you know. I want what we had before, but obviously, you know, over time, the brain deteriorates and you don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. It's talking about deaths in many forms. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just like, like fucking 26, dude. Come fuck down. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy for a 26 year old to be able to put himself in the headspace of not only somebody who is an older person losing the one they love in a different sense than death. But also from the woman's perspective. Mm, yeah. Well, right? Well, like, Mike yeah. thought he was short, so maybe he's not. I actually, did not maybe, say no, that. that was I me. said I wasn't sure. I said 5'8", <laughs> eight, eight, and 5'8", five eight. Eight. it's not short, so it's average. Maybe he's, like, instead of 26, maybe he's 62. And, <laughs> oh, you think he's an old man? Yeah. He got well, them rosy cheeks, bro. Yeah, with that <laughs> sick-ass mustache? Well, tiny, I don't think so. mustache. <laughs> yeah. I love the song, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Musically, it was... though, it doesn't, like, I can't. No. It's, it's so confusing to me. <laughs> Musically, but it is my lyrically. least favorite song on the yeah. entire album. <laughs> but concept-wise, lyrically, everything works together. And I personally, I think, Mike, you lean more towards lyrics than musicality. Yeah. RJ leans heavily on musicality but listens to lyrics and like, hip-hop. I lean almost fully on musicality. Yeah. And this song I still love. Yeah. <laughs> like there's ones that get through every once in a while when I actually pay attention to the lyrics. But for the most part, like songs that I love, you know, and would die on that hill, I don't know the lyrics to. Yeah. You know, it's just something about it makes me feel good. But I might not 
know the lyrics either, but I could tell you what the song's about. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, I will give no lyrical analysis for many of my favorite songs. Yeah. You know, Bear vs. Shark is one of my favorite bands. Ask me what one of their fucking songs about. I have no idea. No idea. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah, Billy's Day, fantastic song. All right, let's move on. Track number four on the mix. We've got Blue. This is track 32 on the album, 3 minutes and 38 seconds. Uh, this is the first song that I heard from him. Um, and to, like, again, I'm sure, RJ, you weren't thinking of this, but it's important. In country music, and the, blue is a thing, meaning that, like, blue is a thing. It, the song blue has been around since, like, the 50s. And there's mm-hmm. tons of different versions of it. And it's in country music. And it typically has to do with feeling sad. Right? Blue yeah. <laughs> without you. Blue moon. Blue moon. And then on top of that, to be like, I'm a modern country musician. I'm going to name a song called Blue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then elevate lyrically to have blue mean different things. Mm-hmm. Which is like again, you're 26. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> yeah, but I fucking love this song, and his. I'm gonna call it wordplay. His wordplay with the with the word blue is fascinating to me in the song, uh, just because he's always talking about him being blue, not in the sad sense, but in that he's willing to do so much for this person because mm-hmm. they are something that he's never seen before. And he's been everywhere. Yeah. He's been all around, RJ. Yeah. He's an everywhere man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he'll even whisper these sonnets till he's blue, RJ. Oh. Yeah. Like out of oxygen. <laughs> I think my favorite line in the song is, a grow- grown-ass man grinning like a child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just like that line a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but just his, like, his fucking wordplay of, well, what, uh, well, my chest talking, jaywalking, knee hygiene queen. queen. <laughs> I'm looking just... for my Levi Jean queen. <laughs> she ain't out there. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's a fantastic love song, and uh, in the in the country, uh, I'm going to use a term here, RJ. I don't know if you've heard it before, but uh, country folk like to say it. He's Twitter pated. Mm-hmm. This is a oh, <laughs> haven't heard that word for for fortnights. <laughs> to be Twitter paid in art. Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah. I, is I that love- when you go on Twitter <laughs> while taking a shit? Yeah, constipated. Yeah. So I'm on Twitter. No, that's Twitter Putin. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just I love the song for like a great a great love song. That's a country song. That's called Blue. That's about blue. In a genre where blues already defined, <laughs> it's just yeah. like pretty impressive to me. Uh, so RJ, talk to me about you being blue. I literally picture this uh, about Blues Clues all the time. Okay. <laughs> it's just Steve's yeah. perspective. It, 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 yeah, yeah, it's just about Blue the yeah. dog. He wants to um, fuck that dog. You know he did. Uh, but it, but it, it, it was a nice song. It, it's a nice. It's a. Um, I think once I paid attention to the lyrics after like. Second, third time that I listened to this, I found appreciation for the third song, and then I listened to the fourth song, and I got there because I'm just gonna be honest. 
mm-hmm. listening to the album in a whole, my attention span kind of cut off for a little while. Oh, you listened to the actual album? Yeah. Oh, okay. Man, and then you blame you there, RJ. And then yeah. I was like, "Ooh, I'm not paying attention." And then all of a sudden, "You are my sunshine." I was like, "Okay, you got me. back <laughs> in." <laughs> back in again. <laughs> and then I zoned out again, and I'm like, "Oh, we're at the end." Because he know had the song. Baby Beluga on there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, RJ would have come to his shorts. But it was it was like one of those where I just kind of zoned out. So the, like the first listen through the first song on your mix caught my attention because it's the first one. The second one because it's like the single, so it catches my attention. And like I think the third, fourth, fifth, I kind of just kind of listened to the first playthrough. Uh, but this one, the same time, the first same thing as I went through it, and I was like, okay. But then then actually going through and listening to it, I was like, oh, it's a nice little like cute little song about somebody of how like I'll do this for you. You make me feel this way about you, and I was like, I like it. Um, the lyrics are cool. I, I, I do like how the different plays on, you know, beating me blue. You know, I'm blue because out of oxygen, as Devin said. Um, but it was a nice little, ni- nice little song. In uh, blue jeans. Oh, in blue jeans too, as well. <laughs> the <Levi> Jean Queen. <laughs> it, it was a nice little song. Um, didn't it wasn't the greatest to me, but I was like, I do like it. Just you know, it's a nice little simple song about like I appreciate, I, I adore this person. Devin. Yeah, this was almost my favorite song. <laughs> almost. Yeah. I, yeah, I love this song. Um, lyrically, like, I listened to it a few times without, like, l- listening to the lyrics. And just melodically, I liked it. Like, the whole structure of it. I liked the... It, a lot of these songs... So, you did a weird thing on this mix. <laughs> After listening to this whole album, you picked, like the majority of songs that are the most like minimalist yeah. and don't really like showcase all of what he does. But no. cause I learned that lesson with Orville. Cause when I made that Orville Damn. mix, I was just like, I'm going to show off all of them. And in this, I was just like, I'm just going to pick songs. I like, <laughs> yeah. And normally I would say like, well, if it's like a new artist, I kind of want to hear their oeuvre yeah. of what, what they do, you know? Like, I would like to hear a little bit of variety, but with all these, I liked the consistent, like, minimalism that there was. And uh, the last song, there's a little bit more added to it, and there's little things like harmonica that they add in sometimes, but it's still, like, some dude just playing on his porch with his friends, (laughs) and I love that aspect of it, so I I did like it because of that. Yeah. this one is one of the ones that could be like a demo tape, mm-hmm. you know, like all these songs could be on a demo tape to send to Warner Brothers. But, yeah, I love the song. It's so good. Like, it's a good, happy song that I like. I'm kind of on the same boat with you where happy songs I don't like, but there has to be a little bit of melancholy in it to make me appreciate a good, happy song. Yeah, that's I feel like-, like this has just enough. That seems to be every song he writes. He can't yes. write, uh, like, even You Are My Sunshine, his version of it, yes. is still, there's like, oh, there's something evil in that boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, there's something I can relate to in that. There's something, like, every human should be able to relate to in that, like, in what he does and what I'm looking for in music. But somehow a lot of people are just blissfully ignorant of you know, melancholy in general, and they just want happy music all the time. And I, I can't get on board with that. I like well, it makes stuff like this. Yeah, not, when you say it like that, it makes sense why the younger generation has picked up on him and embraced him. 
Mm-hmm. Because, like, say what you want about the younger generation. They are very all over the place emotionally. They're yeah. not, like, one thing. And you see that in a lot of the songwriters. Yeah. yeah. They're all nihilists. Yeah. <laughs> Gen Z is full of nihilism. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's working out good artistically. You know, like, I and I agree with that philosophy in general. Like, uh, I don't know. It it seems like there's a lot to be learned from that by people of all ages. And a lot of things, like a lot of emotions in this album that should be tapped into by, by everybody. And I, I feel like this, this album should be accessible to everybody. Like it, it did hit like the top 100. So that means something. I don't know yeah. who's listening to it, but like, Stuff like this should be the standard for music going forward. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like this and like the sad girl music, like stuff with actual emotion. And it seems like it is like the next generation is catching on to actual well-written music and they're making well-written music. Whereas yeah. like people have been making well-written music for years, but it's always been like stuffed into the underground. Mm-hmm. You know, like the indie stuff was the well-written music and the shit on the radio was garbage. Now nobody listens to the fucking radio and they're finding their music on TikTok of all places. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I love the song. It's just a good, like, this is the way, like, a happy love song should be written. You know, the way that, it's the same thing that uh, Lizzie McAlpin does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loved it. Um, all right. And then the last song is probably, is I think it's the last song, I debated a lot on having what song to be the last song on this mix. Um, I'm glad I have this song as the last song on the mix because of the video that Devin sent. Mm. Uh, because so he has a thing in in this album. What makes him such a great songwriter is he has the ability to say something personal about something that happened in his life, mm-hmm. tell a story that has nothing to do with his life, but still make it somehow personal. Yeah. And so when I first heard this song, Darling, uh, which is the 13th song, 3 minutes and 57 seconds, I thought it was a song about someone else that he made personal. But mm. then when Devin sent that video, yeah. and when you pay attention to the lyrics, I'm just like starting off with the, just the first four here, RJ. You know, you've got, would you hold me through the shakes, darling? Yeah. Well, it's fine if you cut and run at first light. Of the crescent sun, but right now I'm fiending. Yep. And he's kicking drugs. Yep. <laughs> he's got them uh, withdrawals. Yep. Yeah, like there's no other way to like explain the song to someone, you know? Yep. So, Honestly, I was pretty yeah. happy when Devin sent that video and me being like, "Oh, this is him." Like, yeah. He's he's a kid. Talking about being with someone who's having to deal with someone who's a drug addict. <laughs> yeah. And, and the emotions that go along with that. Like, yeah. I'm fucking going through some shit right now. And, like, you can leave if you want to. Yeah. But I don't want you to. Like, that's a, it's not a relatable space for many people. You yeah. know? Yeah. It, it's, a, it, and it's, a, it's a thing that happens. To so many people, but it, I don't know. It's a very, very personal song. Yeah, so I'm glad he, you got the context from it. From you know, seeing those videos and like maybe some other songs that he has 
talking yeah. about that. Because when you when you listen to him as a whole, and when you see that video, when he has the lines, which it could be it could be silly, like it it could be taken out of context and be like, "Oh, you're silly," right? But mm-hmm. when he's when he's talking about how what does he say exactly? Um, what does he say exactly in the song? There ain't no choice for damaged boys like me. Yeah, Harry Styles could have that, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Damage you know? boys. Yeah, exactly. Really? Yeah. Like, well, you took too many mushrooms once. <laughs> <laughs> Which he's he's he could be troubled or whatever. When you listen to his songwriting and you see that video, it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You are seriously damaged. And like he has like in the song, he has this line that's uh the city is so loud. I was just gonna. And read the that. hotel kicked me out. Fuck. Do you think that she is still proud looking down? And knowing that his mom's dead, like yeah. he's making this post, his mom's dead, and it's like, yeah, this is what drug addicts have to deal with. Oh yeah. Then the lines <laughs> after that, the world got so confusing. I'm a tool for cheap amusement. They all hate me from here to Tennessee. Yeah. Like you've burned every bridge because of because of cheap amusement. In his words, you know, doing well, drugs. That's like, also like the the trick of being a drug addict is you assume your your self worth goes out the window. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, everyone everyone must hate me, which is why so many drug addicts kill themselves. It's because you assume that no one is willing to help you anymore and everyone hates you. Yeah. And it's like, God damn it. Yes. God damn it. <laughs> yes. Let me have my bloody knuckles, all my nights in dark, cold trouble. Yeah. <laughs> such, such, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> as we're talking about COVID, I will say, like, opiate withdrawals are similar to the COVID feeling, mm. but, like, opiate withdrawals are t- about times 100. Yeah. But it's like that, uh, that feeling of just your body is not working mm. and like something's happening and you're like, Oh, all of a sudden I shit in my pants. Like, <laughs> it's fucking wild. Like, yeah. but that whole thing of like, I don't know. It's just, it's so tough. Like you hear it in AA, like that, what you were saying, like so many addicts kill themselves, but AA is like that saving grace for them because they take them in and like, show them a community of like-minded people like getting that from i mean it, the person the other person in this song who's his girlfriend i'm assuming yeah like having somebody in that putting somebody in that position is so fucking hard and to be able to relate the relay that in a song is so difficult to do and he did it so well like it like he is coherent enough to understand that like he's going through this shit well it's like it's a big step for someone like again i'll go back to it there ain't no choice for damaged boys like me that's saying that like i don't i'm because of my genetic disposition and the way that i was raised i don't have a choice here which is like the addict for an addict to accept that is like a really big deal yeah (laughs) it's a, a man with no country yeah you know like it's feeling like you are on an island by yourself mm-hmm. and it's it's crazy like you bringing somebody else into that equation and writing a song mostly focused on that person but also talking about like the struggles of addiction it's so well written yeah so well written 
Uh, how am I just a man, my darling? RJ, talk to me. <laughs> so kind of as you guys all touch bases on already, um, this, is great. this song's great. Um, RJ could be like, this song sucks. I hate it. Um, but I, okay, I know you guys love the last song, but I feel like this song was a, in my weird mind that it is, I think this is a better love song Mm. because he's like this is me at my worst point i fucked up everything in my life and it's like you are all that i want still after all the things i've done and i was like i i I feel this one even more because addiction is you know you know the crazy you'll do anything for love well he's doing anything for drugs and he realized maybe drugs is not what i want i want you yeah and i love that they are companion songs hmm you mean they both do drugs at the same time? No, because Blue is about a beginning of a relationship. And Darling okay. is about that relationship in the worst moments. Yeah. They're both okay. about love. Yeah. And I agree that Darling is a is a better representation of actual love. Yeah. But Blue is a representation of Twitter pater, of like that beginning love. You know? Yeah, That's Blue the, is yeah. the honeymoon I mean, phase. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. I have like nothing against either one of them. I just, I think because of the love, like if you want to like identify that, I feel, I feel this one myself that much better. And I do love, love this song because of it. Um, it's because you're a damaged boy like me, aren't you? <laughs> I invite you. You just want someone time. to hold yeah. you through those shakes. Yeah. I got Devin. <laughs> More than I can take. <laughs> They all hate you from here to Tennessee, <laughs> RJ. I just want you to know that. Um, <laughs> but no, this I, I, this song was great. It, I it just it set the tone. It was a slower song. It, it, it did everything I needed, and then had the little chorus where it's just like you know, hold me through the shakes. And I was like, oh, I, I just feel that it was great. Even though Devin's like, oh, you shouldn't have your first song as the last song. I do love this as, as the, the last song. Um, no, I said put. No, we don't care about you. No, Make it done. a you six song mixtape. Your time. Your time. All right, fine. I'm done talking. Yeah, thank you, Alpha. Um, Shut up. <laughs> but no, the song is great. I, I do like this song. The, this, the whole lyrics were fantastic. Just you know, somebody going through struggles and just anything. I burned my bridges and, you know. Everything else you guys discussed about already, <laughs> but uh, I, I like the song a lot. Yeah, I don't know what the line is of and uh, and pray for you until I untangle this blue. Mm-hmm. Don't it's, know what that's the last song. Time back to blue. Yeah, maybe. Oh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, him like taking her into consideration, like. Not even worrying about the relationship, just mm. worrying about her own mental health. Yeah, dealing with him, being a burden on somebody else. Wouldn't it be weird if, like, literally, this is about a said significant other, and the significant other's name is Blue, and we just didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and my would, boy it, Blue, it, it would have always sat so, by me with the shakes. <laughs> it would have been so easy when it's just like, oh, it's just their name. Okay, yeah. we got it. Yeah, could he be gay? Maybe. And this is all about a dude? You're my boy, Blue. Shit. Yeah, I'm a tool for cheap amusement. (laughs) (laughs) Like dildos (laughs) in my ass. (laughs) It's just him kicking his dildo habit. (laughs) 
yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, so uh yeah, this was the last song that I decided on. I wanna say um I definitely had Half Grown on here, uh which that song Woo-wee. Okay. That song's just about, you know, where you come from and you can't choose your people and all what that was kind of stuff. The song where it's literally like the radio song. Where he's just like, she wanted a cowboy, so I started riding a horse. Save a horse, ride a cowboy. Not not that one. Oh. But then he's just like, she ended up not going with me, so I just like, you know, now I I ride a horse. And at the end, it's like where they're all talking. You know those like famous like uh, radio songs at the end? There's everyone's talking in the background. Everyone's cheering like in the crowd. And there's like, Let's have a party. No, I heard it and I was like, "This is the radio song." This I forgot which one it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. he has he has a couple. There's so many songs. Yeah, uh, so, I think so I uh, "She's All Right" is the song that I wanted to end it with for a while. Ooh, because that's the song that's yep. like him explaining cities to his like mom. If you could see this, you would love this. And yeah, it's just ooh, sad. I have a different version of this mix based on listening to the album. Oh, so. Nice. First song I would have kept on there, um, but my other four songs were, and you might not remember all these, but Mine Again. Oh, Mine Again? Okay. So, one second. What, uh, when I normally make a mix like this, I do an RJ thing where I, I listen to the album, and I take songs that I like, and I put it on a separate playlist. Oh, and, then I, and then I twiddle it down from there. When I did that with this album, I had 17 songs in another playlist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah. mine, again, was going to be my opening song. Okay. It's such a good opening song. You're probably going to have all these same songs on there. There's so many good ones. <laughs> so many fucking good ones. But my version of the mix was uh, the intro song, Mine Again, The Outskirts. Oh, The Outskirts so good. So, so fucking good. good. <laughs> that was, I feel like, the most Springsteen-ish one. Yeah, maybe. From what I remember, I, I can't remember if that's the one, but there was one that was very distinctly Springsteen-ish. Um, Ninth Cloud, mm-hmm. and then She's All Right. She's All Right. Like, uh, those are, they might not be my favorite songs, like, lyrically, but, like, musically, just listening to it through, like, two playthroughs, uh, I was like, these ones catch my attention every time, and I want to I dive in deeper to these. Um, but, honestly, like, the ones that you put on here, lyrically... I like more than those other songs, mm-hmm. you know. So it was a uh, it was an interesting uh, dichotomy of whether I like, you know, what stands out to me first, or whether I want to like dive in deeper to the lyrics of songs. Like I legitimately started listening to songs differently after listening to this mix, just mostly focused on the lyrics. Like I I need to like reanalyze a lot of the songs that I like and be like, do I really like this shit? Yeah. Or it, did they just trick me? I fucking had Cold Damn Vam- Vampires on this mix for a long time. Because I'm Ooh. just like, this is a dumbass melody, but I fucking love it. Yeah. These Cold Damn Vampires. <laughs> so there's, <laughs> there's a live video or a live thing that he recorded in an attic of that mm. where he describes. Um, I, I don't know if it's about this song. But he was like talking about like how one of his songs like was a big hit. And he's like, I just, I just wrote it because I got a real big Verizon bill, <laughs> and you know, I just, I was just feeling something that day. Yeah, it's like, damn, that like, makes that's, sense. It's so relatable <laughs> yeah. too. Like, fuck, he's got a way of putting things into words that are like, 
something like nobody wrote a song about a Verizon build. It's that good. <laughs> it's yeah. the song I was talking about is "If She Wants a Cowboy." Yeah, is that that's at the, the back where, half? That's like the the radio song. Okay, kind of came on and it was just like. You know when you record a, a song, but you have all your boys in there. They're like, "Woo!" Just in the background. Oh yeah. yes, okay. And they're all cheering, and they're yeah. like, "Yeah, you get that girl." Woo! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. like, "Yeah." Right now, the best is a fantastic song. Yeah. Uh, I originally on this mix, I was just like, I was going the Orville route, so I was like, "Whiskey Fever" needs to be on this mix because there's no other song on this album that sounds like Whiskey Fever. Mm-hmm. Which is just the Johnny B. Good song, but I was just like, no, it just it throws off things too much. Uh, Someday Maggie's is a fucking great ass song. Corinthians is even a good song. It's just so many good ones. No. Yeah, I I just listened to this album on repeat while I was you know painting my whole house blue, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I went through it quite a few times. This and Indigo to Susa was my my anthems for painting the house blue. It's so he's so nice to listen to. And like, so nice. I don't it is very like nice. that. Typically. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. It's like, I feel like part of him should be darker when he's writing these songs, but part of it is like perfect. Like that, that juxtaposition of the, the sounds that he makes versus the lyrics that he writes. Mm. It works out really well. Yeah. You know, Connor Ubers kind of does the same thing where his, a lot of his lyrics are devastatingly sad. Yeah. You know, and he finds a way to like bring happiness through that melancholy a little bit. Like, especially I'm wide awake. It's morning on that album. Like, yeah. And uh, uh, the Bull of Oranges album had a lot You're of having happy a shit birthday on it. party. Yeah, <laughs> it's your birthday, darling. We love you very, 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 very much. Very, 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 yeah. very much. Oh fuck that song. <laughs> so, that aren't so they also good. going through a plane crash too? Yes. Yeah. Let's not forget that. Ugh. Well, he's 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 uh, making her feel better. That's yeah. true. Yeah. It's kind. He's comforting, comforting her. her in death. Yeah, crazy. Uh, but yeah, Zach Bryan, he's a fucking man. Yep. Um, I'm just I'm sold on him. I'm really excited. I don't need him to do any more if he doesn't want to. But I know. He will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's just he's just awesome. Um, yeah. Glad you guys. I'm glad at least RJ took a minute to listen to his album. Yeah, especially that long of an album. <laughs> I this so many times. Yeah. So many times I tried. Yeah, I was like, All right, play and oh, I'm distracted by like you know you know this song now, and then I yep. go to another album. Yep. I I this podcast has given me faith in the new generation of musicians. Yeah, like people younger than us or our age making new music. I've learned a lot from them, and I'm happy with the direction it's going yeah yeah i I did like what i heard i mean it's just as you said it's just listening to the whole thing as a whole i don't think there's many songs that stood out be like next i just kind of pushed play from what i heard and i was like i enjoy that one i like the sound of that one it's a good feel for that one uh from what i heard i like the lyrics of that one Mm -hmm. i mean that was like probably only 20 songs (laughs) but uh I think I did what the what kind of Devin does sometimes, where it'd be like Devin's like, "Ooh, I like this," but then he needs to know what year, like the first, like you know, Pet Rock came out, and he's like, "I need to go do research on this real quick," and then he yeah. does that and gets sidetracked. <laughs> I, I do that quite a bit. 
That's why I can't watch movies most of the time. <laughs> Do you know where time started? <laughs> oh, God. How's that, Devin? Yeah. It's, let's the Sumer- paint- it's the Sumerians. <laughs> let's paint our living room blue yeah. just so it matches the orange colors. <laughs> I have a mental disorder. <laughs> so it matches paint. my hair. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. So what did I guess for you, Devin? Uh, you guessed <laughs> three was my favorite. And five was my least favorite. Yeah, I think that's right. For me, my favorite is five. Nice. Least favorite is two. Ooh. If I had to pick one. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. But I do, I like it. I like all the themes in that. Um, I, yeah, I, I still like the song, but least favorite on the mix. Not not even the first one. I love the first one. I love the poetry. Like I said, yeah. make it a six-song mixtape and put that at the end, too, and I <laughs> love it. Yeah. But real quick, I'm gonna pee. I'll be right back. Uh, RJ, what did you guess, or what I guess for you? Like five and one. Uh, you or guessed four, uh, four one. Four one. How'd I do? Um, so in typical Devin fashion, I'm gonna talk so much <laughs> shit because he's not here. Um, you know how many many times we'll 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 do a mix or whatever, and Devin would be like, "The song's stupid," and I'm like, "No, I fucking love that song, right?" Oh yeah. So literally, uh, my favorite song. It's two. <laughs> I feel like it was the Dustin Kendrew. It was the yeah. it was the poppy one. It's the one that stuck out. I was like, oh, this is a fun little song. And I'm gonna say my least favorite song is actually one. Nice, because it's just, it's literally just the complete opposite of him. And I I heard that and I you know I laughed in my head because I, I get what they're doing. I just can't latch on to one. I do appreciate it. No offense on your mix, yeah. But as a whole on his album, I get it. Yeah. He's kind of summing it up. He's like, hey, this is something different from what I talked about the rest of the 33 songs. And I feel like it's a nice conclusion to everything. Mm-hmm. It's just on here. Maybe if you would have put it as the last song, I would have, you know, it would have grabbed a hold of me. But as of like the first song, it just kind of it twisted it twisted my nipples the wrong way. That's <laughs> <laughs> so a strange uh, uh, way just, to explain that. Yeah. So, Devin, just so you catch up, my Devin. Uh, so, talking twisted metal. <laughs> so, Mike picked 4 1. Uh, I yeah. said my favorite song is two, opposite of Devin, and my least favorite is one, opposite of Devin. Your least favorite's one, you fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. It twisted my nipples the wrong way. That, and that, now you're caught up. Yeah. RJ needs the pop song. Mm-hmm. I figured that would be his favorite. Yeah. <laughs> that or four. Yeah. Those are I, great, great, too. Um, yeah. I think I would have picked two just because it, it's, it's made me feel good. The yeah. other songs made me feel not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. They no, 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 four was good. Four good. was good. They all make yeah. me feel good, RJ. Everything that he does on that album it was makes like me a happy, feel good. Sad. Yeah, I feel like feeling <laughs> good for me though is like I want to be sad sometimes, and that I makes just me want feel, to feel good. Something, RJ. I want to feel something. <laughs> yeah, something. Emotions yeah. overrated. Yeah. You're a robot. That was my yeah. butt cheeks there. I'm gonna start <laughs> microdosing you with mushrooms. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> I support your your contributions. Uh, all right, RJ, what are you going to rate me? So even though this this, this whole mix was shitty, and I hated it, it was dumb, no emotion at all, and I couldn't really make it through the whole mix, I enjoyed a lot of this. Um, it was fantastic. I just wished my attention span, and I didn't get so distracted, and I had more time just to – like because I think the biggest time listening to this is, one, being here by myself. Nope, that's distractions. I watch YouTube videos. Or two, um, I haven't. I didn't have any photos to edit. 
And three, I think uh, I, I listen at work where I'm back and forth so I don't get to listen to the whole thing in just one sitting. Mm-hmm. Still a great mix, and I'm going to go back to I gave you 4.2. Nice. I was like, I, I like him. I, I, I kind of see Dustin Kendrew in it, but it, I enjoy this as a whole. Um, it was a fun listen, even his, his sad, happy songs. That's a big score from RJ for a country mix. Well, for like a brand new thing. Yeah, yeah. No, this think, is good. I, yeah. I like this. Like every time I listen to his like long ass album, <laughs> yeah, I was that's just a like, lot to ask. Of I was you. just like, damn, <laughs> I like this song, and then I zoned out for like twenty minutes. And yeah. I was like, oh, I like that too. Yeah, it is funny that you enjoyed "Fancy" the Orville song, <laughs> yeah, as the first song, and then this first song you can wrap your head around. Yeah, <laughs> but okay, but it's not like you know, I'm gonna wear that dress, but I'm not going to. That's that's like the after party. Yeah, it had a melody. I think that's it. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna do this, but I'm not yeah. gonna do this. I'm like, you just change your melody on me. Fuck you. <laughs> Devin? 4.8 out of 5. Hell yeah. Damn. Yep. Loved it. And uh, before you were a little hesitant. It's not like you were hesitant on him, but you weren't like sold, right? I wasn't sold. Um, so uh, there's a weird like in between that this album itself lives in hmm. where an artist can put out an album that's a normal you know, 10 to 15 song length. And if it's not cohesive, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. Or an artist can do something like this where they just give me everything they have. And I love that. Like, th- he put out 34 songs. Like, I love that. He did that successfully. Yeah. And every song is good in their own way. And there's no, like, there's no through line. It's on a concept album. It's uh, It's life experiences, like... I can relate to most of it, you know, and if not, I can understand that he actually lived through these songs that he's writing about. Uh, The other two albums, like, they are good from what I remember, but I remember hearing them, and a a lot of them were the demo tape sounding stuff, and then anything that had a full band was kind of, like, forced, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, the the most... uh, the most full band sounding song on your mix was the fifth song. And that was basically like guitar, I think harmonica and like some hand drums. Yeah. Or very like minimalist drums. Like he, he straddles that line really well. And that's kind of what differentiates him from a lot of the other alt country guys or just country music in general. Like he does something a little bit different. The way we were talking about with Wilco, where he does something a little bit different to separate him from the pack of people that are doing the same exact thing that he's doing, where it forces you to pay attention to his lyrics, forces you to pay attention to like the themes of the songs. Um, but I got to go through and listen to those other two albums and really like see, I started listening to Deanna and uh, I didn't get the same thing from this album. So yeah, I, I'm happy that uh, my attention was brought to this album. Like, I didn't even know this came out. Or uh, maybe if I saw it, like, I just didn't even think to listen to it because I had heard those other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Or you just saw the name Zach Bryan and you're like, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I recognize his name immediately because I was so hopeful once I heard that Heading South song. Yeah. And uh, the Cold Damn Vampires 
came out a little bit afterwards. And uh, there's a, a couple channels that I follow on YouTube of like Americana and country uh, singers and songwriters that I've found a lot of good music through, but some of it is kind of like it. Some of it's kind of forced. Some of it's like, I just want to make an album to make money. And yeah. some of it's like, I want to make an album because I have all these ideas in my head and I gravitate towards those types of people. And he's one of them now. Mm-hmm. So I, my think my thing with Orville Peck was like, I don't know what he's going to do after that album Bronco. Yeah. Like, I don't know what direction it's going to go. And I feel, I still feel like it's going to go in a direction that I'm not going to like. Mm-hmm. But with Zach Bryan, I feel like he's going in a direction that I can get on board with. All right. Quite question about this, though. Mm-hmm. So obviously we discussed in the very beginning like a triple album. Why didn't he just space this out versus what happens if it's one of those where he's like, these are all my ideas. Oh, shit. Now I'm out of ideas. Uh, yeah. Because he could have spaced this out to three three different like you know like releases and just kind of added to it so like every every one he like drops like maybe twenty songs. I would I agree with you. He's just ready to move on. Yeah, yeah. This exactly. could have been like before. Like you know, this is when I was younger. I wrote this one when I was fifteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like nobody puts out an album of thirty four songs as their first album unless they need to. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, like they'll whittle it down. They have producers that will force them to whittle it down, especially with Warner Brothers, a (laughs) big record label. They're hesitant to put out a triple album for a first time, you know, major label production. So I think they saw something in him and they trusted him with it. And I agree with them. Like it should have been a triple album and all the songs deserve to be on there. There's not one song on there that that could be taken off and make it a better album. Yeah, that's insane. Um, <laughs> yeah, and the fact, and I agree with you, RJ, that uh, that usually would mean like this is everything I have. Everything after this is going to suck because I'm drained now. But I think the fact that he did that, Warner Brothers let him do that. I think hmm. that means that he has more in the tank after this and i don't think i don't think money or fame will get to him the way that it would with orville peck mm. and i love orville peck yeah. i love all the stuff he does but he does have like a gimmick to him that some producer is going to try to monopolize on yeah well what orville is there's something clever about him yeah with zach bryan there's it's not there's there's a cleverness to him it's just that he's yeah. just insanely talented <laughs> yep yeah exactly see i just hope that it's not one of those where because he does i mean his songs it's not too like if you will radio friendly on a lot of them but they they could be on the radio i just hope he doesn't go like okay just make this poppy song and you know it'll sell like another million albums yeah do a duet with Coldplay. play yeah, just don't do that just yeah. stick to what you're doing and it's phenomenal like he does yeah. another 34 songs and i'll be like oh it's just as great as this one yeah, yeah. stick Fuck, to that if he puts out a second 34 song <laughs> album holy shit he's like i've been writing since i was 12 oh man all right well Devin, what do you got for us this week so i've been making this one for a while i am personally proud of it <laughs> okay for once <laughs> but it was one of the hardest ones for me to make 
because it's a style of music that I like a lot. Uh oh. <laughs> and uh, I had a lot of songs that were possibilities. And I kind of have a theme to it. Um, but it's called Staring into the Abyss. And uh, I, I just hope you guys like It's a longer one. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry for that, but I like it a lot. And I don't think Mike has heard any of these, but I might be wrong in the first two. And RJ, you might have heard the first two. But I'm going back to my roots. Got it. I'm going back to what I like, and I'm finding new bands in the same thing that I like. Uh, Devin did it again. <laughs> I know. I had to join it. Did I do it again? Yeah. It. Fuck. Okay, hold on. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I opened it. Yeah, we got it. I, we just have right. to join it. Okay. I mean, you guys can add the songs if you want. <laughs> yeah, I've only heard of the second one, but I haven't actually listened to the second one. Okay. That's it. Makes sense. So, uh, I think same. I'll say the idea behind it is uh, a slow progression into the abyss. From song one to song five, I would think about it more like a uh, more like a soundtrack to a silent movie or something. Oh, is how I tried to like put it together. I'm in. Uh, but uh, I'm hoping it comes off that way. Because it's very hard with this style of music to do to pull that off, but I'm excited. I've been working on it for a while, and I, uh, yeah, I discovered some new bands that I fucking love, and uh, I just realized that this is my favorite style of music, and it's never going to change. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, if you want to listen to our podcast, you can find it anywhere. Um, if you want to listen to this Zach Bryan mix that I made. Uh, just go to Spotify, type in five song mixtape, all one word. And there you can listen to uh, some sad boy music, I guess. Melancholy. Yeah, just boy just music. listen to Zach Bryan's whole album. Yeah. You, know what, you know what, Mike? I, I just heard you say that, and that sounds like a brilliant idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Fuck you, milkman. Fuck <laughs> you. Fuck you, milkman. <laughs> Suck my chocolate milk. You said he's going to take away my coconut milk, and I was like, um. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> That's the most delicious of the milks. <laughs> <laughs>